Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. This is Initiated Survivor, where we share survivors' voices and our stories of recovery and reclaiming our power. I'm Kelsey Harper. I'm a clinical psychologist and a survivor, and I like to share helpful tips and skills about recovery from trauma. As a community of survivors, we have tremendous power to change the world, so thank you so much for being here. Here we discuss stories and information that is relevant to survivors of gender-based violence and sexual violence. These topics may be triggering and are for adult ears only, so please be mindful of your needs throughout. Hello everyone, welcome back to Initiated Survivor. Today I wanted to talk about activism and how to engage in activism effectively as survivors of trauma who may have triggering symptoms. Why would I talk about activism? I mean, the late stage capitalistic hellscape activism is happening. Yes. And also, as engaged citizens, we can shape the world through activism, through the way that we engage in our communities. It's also something that can be really powerfully healing for survivors to engage in actions that help to shape and change the world and continue to pursue their personal values in these different ways. One of the things that is one of the most powerful change agents, whether it's recovery from trauma, depression, anxiety, heartbreak, anything, is to connect more with community and to build social networks. Activism is one of the best ways to be able to connect with community because you're connecting with people who have shared personal values, who are mobilizing and actively engaged, and also get to share and celebrate the wins and the changes that come about, as well as have community for comforting each other and consoling each other with all of the different things that are happening in the world. Activism can be a really great way to get engaged. Sometimes it also is seemingly the only action as citizens that we can take, especially when there are things happening in the world that feel far outside of our power and control as individuals to be able to make change in. As you know, many of the things that are happening right now are really, really big, really, really horrific, and are difficult for any of us to be able to take on individually. One of the things that I think is most important that we're seeing right now is how much as citizens we're coming together to make our voices heard, that it is making people in power really uncomfortable to see and know so clearly how much we are not okay with what they're choosing to do. And that action of communicating that to them in a wide variety of ways is going to help shift things in our world. We may not be able to change some of the direct decisions that our leaders are making immediately, but what we are doing is we are changing also the community around us. There are people who are survivors of trauma, survivors of war, any kind of survivor of violence that are looking around right now and seeing their community rise up and oppose violence, and that is creating safety for them. So activism is also a wonderful way to show people the type of community that they're living in and that they are welcome there. So activism can make us feel and process and express our anger and our rage. We live in a culture that tends to really pathologize anger and rage, say that anger is bad, it's wrong. Being angry or resentful is like drinking poison, expecting it to hurt somebody else. All this stuff that is expecting us to just not be angry. There's also especially some gender-based stereotype around who gets to express anger and in what way. And it's actually really important, and this is a key part of the work that I offer survivors, to validate and connect with the anger that is there. Because anger is an emotion that is telling us 
that what is happening is not okay. It's preparing us to get into that fight response. So we're getting a lot of power and a lot of energy into our muscles, a lot of motivation and mobilization to move forward, to fight back, to push back. And it can be incredibly powerful. Many of the movements of the world, or probably pretty much all of the movements of the world, happen because people acted upon their anger. And what's really powerful about activism is it's a way that we can act on our anger and express our anger and allow it to move through us in a way that is very self-affirming because it connects us directly to our personal values. That activism is about us connecting to social justice issues, community issues, and expressing that and taking action right out in our community in the immediate moment. It can be very highly emotional and can be very emotionally taxing and triggering. So it can be really important for us to use skills while we do this as well as engage in a way that can make it sustainable. If you want to start your trauma recovery journey today or are interested in more information about working with me directly, you can head on over to my website at drkelseyharper.com. You can get more information about the therapy services I provide, as well as book an initial appointment right there so that you can get started today. I provide trauma therapy with multiple evidence-based approaches to meet the unique needs of survivors and anyone who is needing any type of therapy recovering from trauma. I offer trauma therapy with multiple approaches to best meet the unique needs of survivors and anyone who is needing recovery from trauma. I also have a really fun quiz on there where you can find out more about your specific survivor archetype, your style around coping and recovery, and get some skills emailed directly to you that are unique to your archetype. Please feel free to follow me on any of the socials and head on over to YouTube to get more awesome survivor content. One of the things that I mentioned in a previous episode of Ask Psychologist Anything about activism is that we really want to work on preventing burnout with it. That any kind of activism is going to require a lot of persistence. That when we burn out after a couple of months because things don't move that quickly, it can really wear on us that we're doing all of this work, that we're taking all this action, that we're in all of our rage and nothing is happening, nothing is moving. And if we get burnt out, we might let go of this and go back to our status quo, go back to our daily lives, try to get some rest, withdraw, disconnect, and then the movement stalls, it shuts down, it stops. So it's really important that we're taking care of ourselves so that we can persist in the activities that we're choosing, connecting with our values. So some of those skills that are going to be really, really helpful for us around pursuing activism in a way that is effective for us in our own recovery, as well as contributing to our communities. First is mindfulness. We want to check in with ourselves at any moment, every single day. Mindfulness doesn't have to just be about sitting in meditation and calming the mind or doing guided imagery or anything like that. Sometimes mindfulness is just a moment of pausing and taking a breath and asking like, what's happening right now? What am I feeling in my body? What is my breath doing? Does my breath feel tight? Does it feel relaxed? Am I feeling any stress or distress? What emotion is here? And you don't have to have words for those things. You can simply just tap into where do I feel it? When we check in with ourselves at any time of day in any moment in this mindful way, it helps us also be mindful of what needs might be there. Do I need any skills to cope right now? Do I need some of my self-soothing skills? Do I need to get grounded? Do I need to do something to take space, to get some spaciousness? Does my body need some movement right now? 
Or does it need rest? Does it need ease? Do I need connection? What is it that is needed and how can I move in that direction? The mindfulness to our needs also really helps us practice self-awareness. As we practice more and more this mindfulness, we're able to just check in with ourselves at any time of day, at any moment, and start to make decisions more intuitively about how to engage in any given moment, what's the next indicated step, etc. That can be really powerful with activism so that we can engage, connect, take action, take rest, engage, connect, and take action, take rest as needed and cycle through those effectively so that we can persist and we can sustain activism in our lives. One of the things that can be really important for trauma survivors around activism, particularly public activism, so like if you're going to marches, if you're going to town halls, if you're coming together with a group, if you're going to protests, that kind of thing, is to be mindful of your sensory needs. Trauma can make our senses much more sensitive. It can make things seem much more vivid in our eyesight. It can make us more hypervigilant. So some of the things that can be really helpful is to do things that help reduce some of that overstimulation to the senses. So for example, wearing some of those earplugs that maybe aren't total noise canceling, but are just noise reducing so that you can be in a crowd of people and hear what's going on without getting overwhelmed by all the noise. Having a weighted blanket at home or in your car so that you can help yourself, your body calm down, have that physiological regulation and that soothing from that heavy pressure can really help, especially when maybe your your activation is kind of staying really, really high and you're needing to bring it down. Having things like stuffed animals are really nice, particularly I like these warmies that are they're weighted stuffed animals that you put in your microwave. They smell like lavender. They're really nice. Anything that is soothing and comforting for you, definitely make sure to do that. As we're going through and engaging in activism, we also want to titrate our exposure and be very specific with our exposure to whatever it is we're engaging in. So if we are engaging in things for gender equality and rights of women, LGBTQ people, femme, anyone who's not a cishet man, we want to make sure that we're being very specific in what way we are engaging with that and also titrate it. What titrating means is that we're kind of giving ourselves measurable doses where they're small, they're manageable. And it is kind of about that we're taking in a little bit and we're backing away from that exposure, the point when we feel like we've had enough, we're complete before we're getting overwhelmed. The reason for this is that we want to prevent that burnout. We also don't want to get overexposed or develop symptoms of vicarious trauma from bearing witness to a lot of the things that are going on and engaging. So if we make sure that we understand how much time and how much exposure we can take. Again, that mindfulness is going to help us with observing that. And when we hit that wall, when things start to feel like there may be a little bit too much, you're ready to go home, that kind of thing, go ahead and be mindful of that and head on home and get rest. You also want to connect with like-minded folks for emotional support through this. This is why activism in communities can be really powerful, not just because having more voices and being around people, it's very motivating, it's mobilizing, it feels really good, and we have more power to change things, but also because these are people that share our values, share our understandings, oftentimes share our experiences in the world, and can also help us when things are happening that are really emotionally upsetting, distressing, disappointing. And with activism, there is going to be a lot of disappointment because 
activism is a way of pushing back against things that are happening and making movements. And sometimes those movements take a while. Sometimes things don't happen the way we need them to. And getting emotional support from a community will help us be able to continue engaging in a way that is really aligned with our values. Another thing is to engage in expressive activities. These can be like artistic and creative activities like painting, drawing, writing, singing, playing musical instruments, dancing. All of these things help emotions flow through. Activism is about activating anger and rage and big emotions, including intense grief and distress can also come up with that. And so having expressive activities where we can move those emotions through will really, really help us with being able to stay on track and stay engaged. It doesn't have to be that you're writing the next great American novel. It can simply be that you just write down some thoughts, you journal, you take a moment to write a quick poem. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be something that you're going to edit and turn in. Although maybe it ends up that way. You can just slap some paint onto a canvas you can scribble some colors down, anything that helps you feel that sense of movement with the emotion. That expressive activity can be really, really powerful and supportive. Also connect with your basic self-care needs. Those are things like taking care of your eating, your sleeping, making sure everything is balanced and that you are attending to those needs. If you're feeling physically ill, if you're under the weather or something, that you're attending to those needs as well. And that you're making sure that you're avoiding any mood-altering substances in a way that is effective for you. The reason why that's really important is we want to be as alert and aware and as present as possible when we are engaging in activism so that we can make decisions in a timely manner when we need to about how to engage. The other thing is, is to make sure that we're also connecting our activism to our specific values and our long-term goals rather than short-term outcomes. Short-term outcomes might be what gets us to get engaged. Like, I'm not okay with this thing happening. I want to make sure that in this next election, this thing changes. That might be what gets us mobilized. But we also want to connect to long-term goals. I'm not okay with this happening right now because my value is this and because I want this for the world as a whole. And the reason why it's important to make sure we're connecting to long-term goals and values is so that we can persist and sustain. Oftentimes with activism, short-term outcomes are not going to turn out exactly the way that we want them to. They might, but likely we'll get some but not all of what we're looking for, or we may not get any of that change just yet. But we don't want to give up just because it didn't turn out that way. We don't want to give up. We don't want to relent. We want to keep pushing. And so connecting to that long-term goal and that personal value will help you with being able to continue. Having personal values, for example, around women's sexual health and access to sexual health care. We could say that that value is about access to health care, about equality, about making sure that women and femmes are able to live safe lives, all of that kind of stuff. And then we can see that recently we have had all kinds of legislation governing women's access to health care. The short-term outcome might be, I want to make sure that my governing bodies, the people in power, know that I am not okay with abortion bans. And I'm going to push back against those abortion bans. Those elections are going to come around. They're going to happen. We're going to see what goes on. So far, things have actually been turning more towards the pro-choice side of things. 
But we also don't want to just stop there. The movement needs to keep going. We need to keep going with women's health care. Why is there a high mortality rate and a disproportionately high mortality rate for Black women who are giving birth? This is not okay. We need to get to the racism and the sexism and misogynoir that exists in the medical field as well. And we want to be able to persist. When we have a value of women's health and access to care and equality, all of those issues come up underneath it. But it also helps energize us to keep moving past the short-term outcome that comes up. I am excited to offer two new groups in 2024. Groups are a great way to learn more helpful skills in a safe and validating community and connect with other like-minded folks who are also working on their personal growth and share tips and tricks with each other on how to make these skills work for you and how to incorporate them into your life. The two groups that I am offering in 2024 are Trauma Recovery Skills Group and DBT Skills for LGBTQ. Both groups will meet weekly for 12 sessions and are accessible via video conferencing to folks in 40 states. Please see my website for the specific states that I can serve. This makes it so that you can take skills groups and connect with other people from the comfort of your own home, as well as makes this accessible to people all over the place. Groups are going to start in April. If you enroll right now, there is an early bird discount for all 12 groups. It will be $1,090. That's about 90 per group. In February, it goes up to full price at $1,200, which is about $100 per group group. So head on over right now and check it out if you're interested. I'm really excited to get started with everyone. You can go ahead and enroll at my website at drkelseyharper.com store, or you can just go to my website and peruse to learn more about the groups and other services I offer. The other skill that is really important for us to engage in when we're getting active and engaging in our community activism and pursuing social justice issues is also to engage in pleasant activities. This may seem really obvious and self-explanatory, but there are many times, especially when we're like getting really into it and we're getting really busy with these things, we can look back and realize like we didn't do anything during the week, during the day, during the month, even sometimes during the year that was just simply for the sake of having fun or enjoying the moment. So doing something that is unrelated to the activism to enjoy yourself, to enjoy your life, to connect with others, to have fun, to engage in something that feels pleasant or brings up positive emotions is really, really powerful. Those positive emotions are going to provide fuel for energy to be able to expend on continuing to pursue justice, continuing to be active, to connect with communities, those kinds of things. It's also going to help buffer any potential traumatic exposure that you're feeling as well. It also helps us connect to other values, that it's important that we remember that we are multifaceted people, that we have these values around social justice and they are not our only values, that maybe we have social justice values, we also have creative values, we also have relationship values, and we want to be active in all of those. And engaging in pleasant events is a wonderful way to include more of our values in our lives in a regular way. So there are many different ways that you can engage in activism. There are many different options. Lots of people are talking about it. So definitely look into those things. As I discuss with Ask a Psychologist Anything, make sure you pick one or two topics or focus points or one or two specific actions. So maybe you really like gathering together in community and marching together. That's wonderful. Connect with local marches, see what ones are coming up, stock up on signs and all different kinds of equipment you need for staying safe and get ready to go. 
or maybe you have specific issues, whether that's women's sexual health, whether that is nonviolent communication, whether that is abolishing prisons, whatever the issue is, connect with one or two of them and really dedicate effort and time. And the reason that it's important is because, again, there's so many things that we care about and that we want to engage in. And those absolutely all do matter. But we also are limited in our time and our energy resources. And if we give a little bit of time and a little bit of energy to everything, everything is going to move rather slowly. But if we give a lot of time and energy to one or two things and a little bit of time and energy to some of those other ones, we might actually be able to make big movement with those one or two things. Also understanding that other people in our community are going to focus on those other things that maybe we don't focus on. That can also be really helpful is to connect with communities that are focusing on these other topics that are important to you, but you are not necessarily engaging with them directly can be a great way to stay informed and can also offer you just affirmation reassurance that things are moving along. You can definitely take action like protesting publicly, engaging in marches, protesting on social media, engaging in boycotts. Really make sure you educate yourself on those things, particularly because things like boycotts, social media, that kind of stuff, people engage in them in a way that's very short-lived and therefore has a really limited effect. Engage in a way that is also realistic for you and is something that is possible. You don't want to boycott something that you actually desperately need in your life and this is just not going to happen for you because then we're not boycotting anything. Is there another way to protest what it is that you are noticing coming up? Another way of getting engaged. You can also raise awareness and education. This can just be posting things on socials or it actually can be about having conversations with people around you. There are many of us that social media just isn't the way that we want to connect with other people. We're on them, but we're not necessarily really wanting to use them. That doesn't mean that we're apolitical or we're not socially engaged, but we can actually use our relationships as a way of engaging politically and socially. It can be having conversations with our family, with our friends, with our peers, our community members, hosting different book groups where we're going to read books about these different issues, connecting with different local organizations that have meetings and talk about these things, teaching things and learning things for yourself as well as going out and teaching them to other people, creating, you know, educational content and different material that people can engage in, you know, whether that's flyers, signs, songs, anything, all of that can spread awareness and education. Donate money to organizations that are doing work that you really love. One of the things, a caveat to this to really be mindful of is that there are definitely some pretty major organizations that we all really know and we might really love. Planned Parenthood, like Rain, these are all big, major organizations that are nonprofits that take donations and engage in social activity, provide direct services, all of that kind of stuff. And they are not the only organizations that are doing this work. They have a ton of people who are working for them. They also have a ton of notoriety. They're well-known. They're going to get lots of donations. Some of these smaller organizations, especially more local nonprofit organizations, are not getting that kind of publicity, that kind of notoriety, or those kinds of donations to be able to operate effectively. Oftentimes, it is the small organizations that are engaging in work directly locally that you're going to see make the most change in your world around you. One of the small organizations that I like to donate to is called Success Stories 
on social media. You can follow them at Prison Feminism, where they bring feminist educational content to incarcerated people, to schools in the community, to help people really dismantle patriarchy and gender-based violence paradigms in their mind and how it engages in their community. It's a very wonderful program. It absolutely aligns with my values of as a survivor, as someone who wants to bring an end to gender-based violence, as well as abolishing prison systems and breaking down some of our carceral state. So research some of those local organizations that are engaging in the activities or in the values that are really important to you. As always, you can also call your reps, call any of your either local, state, or federal. Definitely get involved in local politics, whether that's even just voting in the local elections, county elections, city elections, state elections. Your vote in those and your engagement in those elections actually carries a lot more power. And oftentimes we're going to see a lot more change from our actions in local government policy and politics and action than we are when we're doing more of like the big, big votes. And that can actually be particularly rewarding is seeing some of the candidates that you really support, seeing some of the causes that you really support actually taking off and making changes in your world. Another wonderful way that you can engage in activism is to provide direct services to people that are either affected by the issue that you are wanting to get engaged with or the people who are also engaging in activism work. Direct services can be things like providing support groups or transportation, giving carpooling, giving people rides, providing meals, helping out with doing different support services right? Like sometimes like even just providing like laundry services to people who are really busy in activism can be really helpful. All of these different kinds of things, direct services can be incredibly powerful and supportive in helping keep our activists out engaging in activist work, but also can directly meet the needs of the people being affected by the issue. I think particularly one of the most helpful things to do is to provide any kind of support around vicarious trauma, processing that, holding space for people, getting them connected to mental health services if needed, first aid services if needed, so that they can process some of this, the impact that these issues or the activism maybe is having on them. The other thing to think about with how to get engaged in activism in communities is just thinking about like, what are some of the skills that you have? What are skills that you enjoy? You know, maybe you really love painting or drawing or writing and you love those creative things. So, you know, how do you put that to use with the issue that you're wanting to address? Is it that you're going to make protest signs? Are you going to make advertisements for different things? Are you going to post things online that you make that represent some of these different issues? Are you going to provide materials for people to be able to have different types of election slogans and stuff like that or campaign materials? If you also don't really know like what it is that you like or how to apply that to activism, sometimes it's also just like, what are some things that you can do? Can you support people by, you know, offering to transport them someplace, to carry their things from one location to the next, to offer somebody to stay on your couch if they need to, all of that kind of stuff. So consider what are some of the things that you're good at or that you have that you can provide or things that you really enjoy doing and how that can support some of the activities in the community that you're connecting with. 
All right. Thank you so much for being here for today. Activism is such a powerful skill as a survivor. It really helps us connect with that drive within us to change our world, to right the wrongs that happen. And it can be so powerfully healing for our trauma. Thank you so much for being here. And I will see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Sam Valentine and her team at Fast Forward Productions for editing, producing, publishing, and all-around podcast magic that makes this podcast possible. If you found something that resonated with you, please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. This simple but meaningful action really helps increase the visibility and accessibility of this podcast to survivors and allies that may be looking for some support and connection. I love connecting with listeners and allies, so please feel free to share this episode on your socials and go ahead and tag me in it at Initiated Survivor or at Kelsey J. Harper. A final but very important note, while I am a clinical psychologist, this episode and this podcast does not constitute professional mental health care or therapy, nor is it a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast host and the guests are not rendering professional advice and should not be considered to have developed a professional relationship. If you are looking for mental health care or professional help, please seek it out. We have some links in the show notes that may help you with that, or you can contact your insurance carrier directly for referrals. Mm-hmm.